Welcome everyone. I'm Jeroen Gries and with me is Joel Kaus. Today our podcast will be about the book The Shadow King, written by Maza Mengiste. In this podcast we will discuss two themes, women in war and oppression. But first, the background. Joel, what can you tell us about the author? Uh, the author is Maza Mengiste. She's an Ethiopian-American writer born in 1974. In that year, Emperor Haile Selassie was deposed in the Ethiopian Revolution. Mengistu's family fled Ethiopia because of this revolution, and in both her earlier book, Beneath the Lion's Gaze, and in The Shadow King, she relates to this topic. Interesting. And what about the background setting of the book? It's situated in the Second Italian-Ethiopian War. The war lasted from 1935 till 1937 and resulted in Ethiopia's defeat and consequent colonization by Italy. The Shadow King follows the course of the war in three books, Invasion, Resistance and Returns. Alright, then the first theme, Women in War. How does the author describe women's roles in the war? The standard nar narrative of gender roles in wars pictures men as active and women as passive actors. The primary task of men is to fight. Women usually don't partake in the war effort or are only assigned secondary tasks. Um, an example is taking care of the wounded. However, in this book, women become equally active actors as men in the war. Yeah, and to elaborate on this, if we look at the main characters of the book, we see this reflected in their respective roles. The main character, Hirut, becomes the female royal guard of the Shadow King. The Shadow King is a man who looks like the Emperor and is chosen to pretend to be him. The real Emperor Haile Selassie fled Ethiopia in 1936. And without the Emperor, the Ethiopians don't see a reason to fight for their country. The Emperor is an essential figure and motivation in the fight against the Italians. So this is why it is a big deal that he has female royal guards. And what about other characters in the book? Here we should mention Esther and Fifi. Esther plays an essential role in organizing the women to aid the men assembled under her husband, Kidane. Kidane is the leader of the army that the book follows. Um, the women organized supplies, mixed gunpowder, made bullets, and cooked. Later on, the women even fight beside the men in a battle against the Italians. Fifi is also another example of women's agency. Fifi is an Ethiopian prostitute who is staying with Carlo Fucelli, the commander of the Italian troops that Kidana's army will eventually fight against. Fifi has learned Italian, and through her employment by Fucelli, she is able to gather information about the Italians' plans of advancement. She distributes this information via messengers to the Ethiopians, including Kidana. And it's not just in the roles of the main characters that we see women's agency. What is significant is not only that women were active participants in the war, but also how this was represented in songs. These songs contributed to the memory of the war. What can you tell us about the songs in the book? Um, in most chapters, songs are just mentioned. Uh, in book three, for example, an entire chapter consists of a song. Overall, these songs convey a more inclusive image of the roles of Ethiopian men and women in the war. This type of oral history places emphasis on what women such as Esther and Hirut did and present a way of remembering them. I would like to add that I think that the songs in the book can be seen in different ways. Some songs comply to the standard narrative of men fighting and women performing supportive tasks. In the beginning of the book, 
a song is mentioned that speaks of the men going to war. In this song, Esther was supporting her husband and showing her subservient role. The reader is told this was not really what happened. Yeah, that's interesting. Because later on in the, in the book, other songs are explicitly about women and celebrate their deeds. So songs can broaden our understanding of gender roles in war. Yeah, and Mangista also uses pictures to show how the memory of the women in the war is preserved. Not actual pictures, though. No, indeed. She describes the pictures. She only uses words. It's a very interesting way to use memory. When you take a picture of someone, that is a representation of that person frozen in time. It shows a certain point in time, and what the picture shows become part of that memory of their history. So, because Etore takes pictures of Erut, Esther, and other female soldiers, and the songs describe how women were part of the war force, their involvement in the war becomes a part of their memory? Exactly. Okay, so the second main theme we identified in the book is oppression. We can see different forms of oppression throughout the book. Yeah, it starts right away, doesn't it? Yeah, and we get to know pretty quickly in the first book that Erut has little agency in the household of Esther and Kidane. It's never mentioned explicitly in the book, but Erut's role in the household is that of a maid or a slave. Yeah, there is an apparent class difference between Hirut and Esther and Kidana. Esther and Kidana live in a big, beautiful house, and Hirut and the cook are confined to the servant's quarter, and they sleep in a room separated from the rest of the house. And you can also say that Esther is oppressed. From the moment they got married and consummated their marriage, Esther became oppressed by Kidana. Esther was told to accept what Kidana will do to her, and it is expected of Kidana to consummate their marriage. In relation to Kidana, Esther has limited agency. That's true. Once the Italians have crossed the Ethiopian border, Kidana leaves with his men, without telling Esther. And when Esther shows her desire to participate in the war, in the same way as Kidana, she is immediately shut down and told to stay back and take care of the sick and wounded. And I also think that this relates to the women's role in this war. Both Hirut and Esther show eagerness to participate in the war, despite Kidana's protests. They also repeat that they were taught alongside their brothers how to resist Italian aggression. So then why would they not participate in the war if they were taught the same things as the men? Maybe it comes down to the ideas of the patriarchy. The men should fight and the women should stay behind and take care of the wounded. But this didn't happen. Esther and Lirut, as well as the other women, insisted on fighting alongside the men. Eventually, in the third book, Esther and Lirut are imprisoned by the Italians. Yes, they are taken to Carlo Vicelli's prison, where they keep them in a single-room jail surrounded by barbed wire. This is not only societal oppression, but also physical oppression. They can't go where they please. They can't go. They can't do what they want. They're stuck doing the same thing every day in the same limited space. And they have less autonomy over themselves. Ettore is tasked with taking pictures of them. He also takes pictures of other prisoners as they are being executed by being thrown down the side of a mountain. They have no say in how they are portrayed or who sees them and in what context. Do you think they are less oppressed after they've been freed from the prison? I think that's hard to say. 
They have their physical freedom back, and they are participating in the war alongside the men. Herut is even the king's royal guard. So yes, I do think they are less oppressed after they have been freed, especially after the war is over. Why do you think they are less oppressed after the war is over? It's because they are remembered. They are a part of the war history. There is photographic evidence of their participation, and their memory is repeated in the songs that we mentioned earlier. They are included in history, their involvement is noted and appreciated. In the introduction of the book, when Irut is returning Etora's photographs 40 years after the war, she is waiting at the train station to meet Etora. There she sees a group of young women with rifles marching past Irut's bus. I think that this passage shows that women played a larger role in the 1974 demonstrations against Emperor Haile Selassie. So yes, I think that they are less oppressed after the war. I do want to touch upon the Italian side though. We have focused on the Ethiopians, which is of course what the book is about. But the Italians were also oppressed. So do you mean because they had to follow Mussolini's and their generals' demands? without questioning them? That's part of it. I think it always shows a good example of oppression in Europe in the 30s and 40s. He's a Jew in an increasingly anti-Semitic Europe. He knows that he eventually has to fill in a consensus form, which will expose his background as a Jew. Mengista implies that he will be sent, that he will be sent back to Italy to be sent to a camp, or maybe even be killed. So Ettore is constantly living in fear, constrained because his father is Jewish, even though he doesn't consider himself to be religious. So his family background, religion, and the Italian regime oppresses him? I believe it does. He experiences oppression because of his family background, while Hirut and Esther experience it through their gender. And Hirut is also oppressed because of her lower class. I'm sure that there is more forms of, of oppression that we don't have time to get into. Mm, you're right. We have covered the role of women in war and looked into different forms of oppression that Mangista covers in her book. But I have a more important question for you. What did you think of the book? I think the book really brings to life the war through the experiences of the characters. What I appreciated is how the author depicts women as equally active in the war efforts as men. With the songs Mangista shows... How history is a reflection of the period in which it is written. Nowadays, more attention is rightly given to the female side of historical events and processes. This book fits nicely with this new interest in women's history. But now, what did you think of the book? I really enjoyed the book. I've never considered how we can use fictional books to highlight a different point of view of an event, even if it's not always fully accurate. We know Mangista was inspired by stories from her family when writing The Shadow King, so I think it's a great way to tell those stories. I would recommend The Shadow King to people who enjoy history and are interested in how women can be involved in a war. Okay, thank you for being here today and thanks for listening. 